0: Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I am still your host, Tim Page-Botter. And on today's agenda, something we've all had to deal with, employees who refuse to engage. Now, I've asked one of my workshop colleagues to join me today to lend this expertise, so to speak, to our discussion. And he's got some of it. He's got some great expertise. This is actually his second appearance on the podcast, Keith Osborne, is easily one of our most requested and skilled consultants. If you've ever seen Keith in action, one of his many superpowers is employee engagement, especially those who would rather not engage. Keith, welcome back to the podcast, my friend.
1: Hey, Tim. Thank you very much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Uh, I'm hoping I can live up to that introduction, though. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you better. Uh, No, I'm kidding.
1: Uh, you're going to do just fine.
0: Uh, for those of you that didn't catch Keith's first appearance on the podcast, uh, I hope you get a chance to listen to it. On the day that we discussed um, a lot of things, we actually kind of narrowed it down to virtual consulting. And he was one of our key consultants at the very beginning of the pandemic. And so Keith really got uh, really got knee deep into how to figure out the, you know, delivering virtual consulting. So I'm just going to go ahead and open up the gate. So coming out, my first question is, who's the boss at your house, you or Miss Liana?
1: <laughs> that's, uh, Tim, that's a strange place to start, but uh, okay, I think I'll play along. Um, probably the easiest question that I'll get all year. And um, to answer the question, she is, unless you know you ask Cookie, who's the uh, six and a half pound uh, Yorkie that we have. But just in case Liana is listening to the podcast of course. <laughs> <doing her. laughs>
0: I mean, what wise man, Keith? I mean, happy spouse, happy house. I mean, I see a happy
1: marriage in your future. <laughs> well, Tim, let, let's be honest. She certainly thinks that she's in charge and I'm just smart enough not to argue that
0: point. <laughs> <laughs> smart. You're smart. Indeed. Indeed. I'm stealing a word from you, my friend. Indeed.
1: <laughs> As a matter of fact, Tim, I, I'll prove it. Uh, babe, Babe, you mind coming into the office real quick? Hey, I'm on a call. Oh, oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, are you in a meeting? Um, babe, it's just Tim and myself. Um,
0: Hi, Tim. Hi, Liana. How are you?
1: I'm doing well.
0: (laughs) I have to ask. um, The question came up, and I wanted to get it from you. Now that you're on the line. Who's the smartest person in the household? Ah,
1: that would be me.
0: I'm kidding. Not the smartest person. Actually, who's the one that's in charge?
1: Uh, I am in charge. If you ask the question, you see, he will probably say that I am because I really am more than likely. <laughs> He's
0: going to say he is, but he does have to keep the peace. <laughs> okay. I, he. Well, actually, he said. Oh, oh, oh Tim,
1: no, no qualifiers. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's one over here. Okay, well, are you done with me? Uh, uh, y- yes, babe. You, you've actually interrupted my meeting. But, but, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, babe. Thank okay, you. Well, Tim, bye, Tim, and please tell mm-hmm. Sheila hello.
0: <laughs> oh, you bet. It's good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <Hey. laughs> she wasn't interrupting anything.
1: <laughs> well, and she she's really good about that, Tim. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that was actually the most impromptu, funnest thing we've done on the podcast so far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's um, you got
0: one. you got, her to, you got, you got you, okay, you got her to leave.
1: Yeah, Tim. Yeah, come on now. Of course. <laughs> I had to get out of <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> Did you get her to close the doors?
1: I, yeah, yes. Yes. E- even Cookie left. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Oh, boy. That's funny. Um, okay. Brains and Beauty... She's got you so figured out, my friend. I mean, that does (laughs) set up my next question. Who's the one that's in charge in your training
1: sessions? (laughs) Tim, I'm smart enough not to allow my wife to go with me to my training sessions, but I I certainly get your point.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Keith. Let's get to work. Um, You've built quite a reputation for basically handling, I mean, I hesitate to say some pretty rough customers. Would it be fair to say they didn't suffer fools well?
1: (laughs) Um, Funny you say that. Uh, I I look at it this way. The great thing about the people that we come into contact with is that you never have to guess where you stand, right? Uh, In some of my travels as a consultant, and Tim, I'm sure you're aware of this as well, uh, it's the same kind of people that you meet, whether it be linemen, oil field workers, or just some of the men and women who've been in the job for for quite some time, right? You cannot BS these people.
0: I mean, I hear you. These tend to be rugged individualists who are quite independent. I think transparency is the key.
1: Yeah, you you actually nailed it. Uh, You have to be straightforward with these people. Uh, If you don't think that, you know, or excuse me, if you don't know what what you're talking about, (laughs) these guys will sniff that out. They will even weaponize it against you. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, You'll deserve what you get going in uh, like a know-it-all, right? Uh, There is nothing wrong with saying, frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I I just don't know the answer. Um, As a matter of fact, I can get the answer to you, give you a call after. Uh, As a mutual friend of ours says, BS meters today are set in parts per billion.
0: Ain't that right. My goodness. I mean, that's a really good point. After all, you're going into their area and they are the experts. It reminds me of an experience one of our consultants tells. He was training seventeen hundred union linemen. I mean, let that settle in for a second. Mm-hmm. In his twenty years of consulting, he says that was his toughest audience ever, and he says it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a six month pro- six month project, and the very first day he was asked, "Have you ever been up a pole?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. What are you going to tell me about being a lineman? His response was right on. Mm -hmm. This isn't about being a better lineman. If it was, I would do well to shut my mouth and listen to you. Mm -hmm. This is really about human error causation, something you and your family can use 24-7. So candidly, he said to the lineman, I use these skills every day.
1: Yeah, man. You, You know, Tim, in my opinion, that's probably the correct approach. Right. Uh, You got to have a degree of humility about you. That's for sure. Uh, As consultants, we work in a multitude of industries. So we tend to know a little bit about all types of work, Uh, sort of a jack of all trades and certainly a master of none. Right. Um, (laughs) Even if you work in that industry, along with those employees, like some of our clients do, it's impossible to match the experience of someone who's been in that job for over 20 plus years. And so what you got to do is remember, you got to remember that you got to show them their respect because they, they deserve that respect. And mm-hmm. that's probably the best advice I'd give. And by the way, I, I remember that utility company with the 1700 linemen and years later, we still had an opportunity to go back there. And it was solely based on the recommendation of the IBEW. And if you know anything about the history of unions and behavioral approaches, that's quite an achievement.
0: Indeed. It's all how you present that information. So do me a favor. Why don't you talk uh, a little bit about consumption?
1: Okay, Uh, consumption. Um, Think about it this way. Individuals and even groups take the information, they absorb it and they use it at different rates. So you got to be patient. Right. Uh, I like to say I'm going to share this information with you uh, and you have to be able to consume the information the way that you know how to. Uh, and I believe that takes a lot of the pressure off the individuals. And you probably would agree with that as well, Tim. Um, that's kind of how you you got to move forward with it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> OK, I want to do something different here, sort of a rapid fire round, if you will. Um, I'll give you a type of resistor and you give our listeners an idea
1: of how you would deal with them. <laughs> OK, fire when ready, my friend.
0: All right, here we go. <clears throat> Not that I'm going to set a clock to it, but let's do it. <laughs> I, I once had a guy who sat in the back of the room, turned his chair around facing the back wall and cracked open a newspaper. What advice would you give on facing the passive aggressor?
1: The passive aggressor. You know, it's funny you mention that because I actually have an experience with someone like that. Excuse me. Um <laughs> I, I know you asked for a rapid response to to these questions but i think first we we should lay down some ground right uh mm-hmm. and, and that will serve us well in in every situation first mm-hmm. first one of these uh disruptors comes up and and i what I have to do is sort of check myself i have to assume that you know is this the right reason uh for why they're doing this and and trust me you' you'll know soon enough if it's not but assuming, making assumptions uh, that they're seeking clarification, I found is probably a great place to start. Uh, next, it, remember that is not personal, and regardless if it's uh, us on or, or even the on-site trainers, the blow blanket, the blowback, I should say, is likely directed at, at at the company. I mean, they're probably upset with the company itself, and you just happen to be the available target in the moment. So as difficult as it may well be, what you can't do is take it personal. Right. right. Uh, now that that's not to say that in some cases it's not directed at you personally. I mean, the genius, uh, the Genesis, I should say, uh, of, of that most likely comes from you and your detractors, antagonistic history. While you can't control others' attitudes, you can control how you respond. Um, so don't let your history get in the way of a better future for everybody involved. As a matter of fact, putting a bow on all of it never gets you pulled in, in, into an argument, right? So you, you, you kind of want to cut it off at the knees if, if possible. And, and first, you're not likely to convince the other party in the moment, right? So you got to remember that. Secondly, uh, you're distracting the other employees, the other people who are involved in that training. And what we don't want to do is waste an opportunity to reach most of the people in the hopes to convert maybe one or two people. Now, right. as to how I would handle your, your newspaper guy or any passive aggressor, um, I'm not going to call him out in front of the group. And as long as he's not disturbing anybody, I'm probably just going to gradually make my way back there, maybe politely ask him if there is a problem. And I, I'm, when I say him, I mean him or her, whoever whoever that person may be. And let's face it um, they're getting paid to be there. <laughs> so, uh, they need to kind of pretend that they're at least listening. Uh, however, if I make a big deal about all of that, I'm going to lose control of the class anyway. And another thing to, to keep in mind is, is what I call passive listening. Again, if they're not disturbing anybody, likely they're passively listening anyway. And there's probably going to be some parts that they pick up on in that lesson.
0: Um, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So let me uh, just recap here real quick. I heard a lot of stuff you just said, and it's all important because the first component that you mentioned is important for all of these rapid round items. So the first thing I heard you say is don't take anything personal. And that's a big thing because, I mean, if you see a behavior in a class, you almost feel as a facilitator and an instructor that these folks are intentionally doing this, to you to harm you Mm -hmm. and what you do is you internalize that and i've seen it before in auditing other instructors that i see them when somebody's sleeping or tired in the class zero empathy but they take it personal why are you falling asleep in my class why are you doing these kinds of things so that's a big step for all of these don't take anything personal the second thing you said for the passive aggressor is don't call them out in front of the group Mm -hmm. well they're passive for a reason and that's a big deal um so when you confront the situation, using a word like confront means that there's gonna be confrontation. Mm -hmm. And that again, goes back to being personal. So what you do is that you try to pull them aside at break. And just like you said, don't make a big deal out of it. Um, Don't lose control at the same time. Uh, But that's a great point. So in terms of what we've captured here, don't take it personal. Um, Mm -hmm. And for the passive aggressor, that leads into don't call them out. And then of course, try to work with them And I guess the best step is to provide a bit of empathy. Um, If you provide some empathy, you might show understanding. And I'll go all the way back to after we had the discussion with Liana, Mm
1: -hmm. humility. Absolutely. And and
0: for you to say that she's in charge, that's a great deal of humility. Um, Honestly, I know it sounds funny to a lot of folks, but it doesn't matter to me. If the household gets run and the things get done, it doesn't matter who's in charge, and I think that's a great it's a great lesson that you provided us there. Now, I'm going to start shooting the rapid rounds. Now that we've got the ground rules laid out, are you okay with this? <laughs> that sounds good. Okay, let's do the next one. How about the activity of order Be it refusal to participate in class or even in group discussions, what do you do with them?
1: Hmm. Okay. So, so the activity of war. Um, some people, Tim, that they're they're not going to read or participate for whatever their reasons are. And those are their own reasons, right? Some of them just have difficulty reading. That may be one of them. I've run across a few of those. Uh, But in my experience with those who have difficulty reading, seldom will they call attention to that fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you have new employees who feel nervous about participating, and certainly we can understand that. And as long as they're not disturbing the class or other students, I, I, I generally leave those people alone um if they do become you know a, a repeated distraction then the only thing that, that we can do uh is well I shouldn't say the only thing but one of the things kind of a, a last resort is ask them to leave right uh but then immediately after that I would certainly after the session I would certainly have a conversation with their supervisor or manager uh, I had one guy for example who was disturbing others while they were reading and after the second time Uh, I suggested to him that he join in the reading. He said, you know, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. (laughs) I I gave him a 10 on the hilarious scale because that was funny. Right. And I (laughs) I told him to to finally, you know, just kind of told him to kindly quit disturbing others in which he did. So um, you're not going to get every single person, but as the instructor, what you have to do is create and maintain an environment that's conducive to learning. And again, uh, I, I never minded if they didn't participate in the group discussions as long as that. As long as they were listening respectfully, um, they were being positively exposed to Safe Start and the validation that they were getting um, by others uh, as to the veracity of the Safe Start concepts, and and that's key. And with that said, an entire group not discussing is problematic, right? So that's different mm-hmm. from one person versus a group. If it's a, a full group, three or four people who are being problematic in those cases, what I would do is go to the group and ask someone, one of those members to tell me a story. And usually this works uh, on some of those groups, but if they refuse, then I would maybe answer it for them. I might share a story. I might even ask someone from a different group who has shown that they can uh, keep up with what we were asking, Uh, maybe bring one of those people in, have them share a story. Because so much of what we do is going to be done in a vicarious manner. We're gonna pick up so many things from others based on what their stories are, and it helps us to remember some of the things that we've experienced. Well,
0: wow, that's pretty That's pretty deep. Um, just to recap one more time for the activity avoider, there's a couple of things that you've mentioned that I wanna revisit with our audience to make sure they're taking good notes here. The activity avoider is not necessarily gonna be that stereotype all the time. As a matter of fact, there's something typically going on with that person. So you said it for their own reasons. Um, maybe reading is one of them. They don't want to participate in reading mm-hmm. or they don't want to participate in group activities. And <clears throat> whatever the reasons are, it's their reason. And right. Right. We, we can dig deeper, but it's likely that it's the best thing to do is leave them alone. Right Now, when you mentioned that, so which is good. But if it comes down to disturbing other classroom um, activities or other classroom students, then you you definitely want to bring that up and try to try to bring them into the fold and i'm going to say it i said it that's storytelling i said it in a couple of other podcasts but i storytelling is such a big deal and you know keith you visited it you said you know i might tell a story and quite frankly if we wrapped in humility and if we wrapped in storytelling and if we expect them to participate we have to provide those examples for ourselves in the first place to get them to participate, Absolutely. which is a big, big deal. So that is a great response. Um, I'm glad you gave that guy a 10 on trying to quit. That was- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right. Facilitation is a lot more than just being an instructor. You've got to help and get those folks involved, and that's a, great, that's a great way for the activity avoider. All right, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Okay. We've seen it more and more now um, that technology has been folded into a single device. You get somebody coming in as the multitasker. So maybe a manager or supervisor, whether they're on their phone or the laptop or even radio, you sometimes get those folks that wear their radios and their microphones over their sleeves. Mm -hmm. Or my personal favorite, they're so busy that they keep coming in and out of class. What do you Mm -hmm. do with these folks?
1: Mm -hmm. They're the most important people in the world, aren't they? Um, so, so, what's the <laughs> so, so, and I, I say that in jest, but uh, from a managerial perspective, um, you have to understand that what's important to you as a manager will also be seen as what's important to your employees that are inside that classroom. Uh, if the manager is not fully engaged in the training, guess what? The employees won't be either. And- this would probably be a discussion that I would have with that manager, supervisor um, at one of our breaks in between. Or, you know, if they're on one of their mini breaks and maybe we're watching a video or something like that, uh, then I would probably step out and, and maybe, you know, see if there's something we can do to assist them in that regard. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of these might seem linked together like to some of our listeners, the activity avoider. Most likely they're avoiding the activity because they're busy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, anyway, so that's that's a really good point that you made about going to their supervisor or manager. And it's tough sometimes when it is the manager or the supervisor right. who's the one in there doing this. And a um, story uh, from a good friend of ours, <clears throat> producer of our podcast, Kevin Cobb, used to tell us that there was a time where he would go into a situation and there was a, I don't know if it was a cigar box or a, or a lunch box, but everybody's cell phone went in there when that moment began right. and that all the focus, that's one way to do it. But right. you're know, like not collecting people's personal um, <laughs> stuff. <laughs> if if you could do it and you could pull it off, that's great. But again, one of the things you don't want to do to a multitasker, same mm. thing with all the others is not throw them under the bus. Right. Don't take it personal. Um, that's, those are all great answers in terms of, of this individual, the multitasker, especially if it's a manager or supervisor. Mm-hmm. If you need their full undivided attention, maybe, Keith, you could set the tone up front. Maybe you could say, hey, this is what I expect. Mm-hmm. I, understand, I understand if you got to do this, but here's my expectations up front. And do you feel yeah. like that, that's okay to do?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you, you, this is your realm. You are the facilitator. So that means it's, it's your, your room. So absolutely set the, um, set them up early. So they know what the expectations are.
0: Mm -hmm. Good. All right. I really appreciate the, I really appreciate this. Okay. Let's do another rapid round. We've got a couple more here. Um, how about the know-it-all who's going to argue seemingly every point with you? Ah, the
1: know-it-all. Okay. So, so Tim, um, (laughs) Please consider including what message they are sending, right? Whether it's inadvertently or even on purpose, whether it's to their direct reports, their fellow classmates, sometimes arguing every single point is a way for the employee to solidify his or her knowledge, right? They they want to show everyone that they know what, you know, something about what we're talking about. Some people have to learn by hearing, you know, by hearing, which may include hearing their own voice. Um, you can work with this person, but, but you can't let them take over the class or delay the class, right? We only have a certain amount of time to get this material across to everybody. So what we have to do is try to acknowledge their correct answers, right? If, if they're giving correct answers, acknowledge them. Um, <laughs> we, we certainly want to do that. Thank them, but continue to move on. Um, what we have to try to avoid is being argumentative. Um, cool. People may be... Uh, maybe feel like, you know, oh, let me let me tell you something else that I use. It's the feel felt found um, mm-hmm. scenario. And and I could go into more detail about that. Uh, but we can use we can close the space around them, kind of get into their area uh, because it brings all the attention back to them, which some people are not necessarily OK with. And, and you know, I think we'll probably discuss that uh, at some point. But you can also invite them to a meeting. And what I mean by that is, hey, guys, you know, I appreciate uh, all your input. Uh, As a matter of fact, how about we do this? Let's meet after this meeting to discuss some of the things that you'd like to discuss. Because, again, we only have a certain period of time in which to get this content across to everybody involved.
0: That's good. That's really good. Um, Let me just, uh, again, recapping for the know-it-all (laughs) this is gonna be funny i know it's gonna sound funny and it may not be apples and oranges to some folks but Mm -hmm. keith there's a show on um yeah it's on discovery called naked and afraid yes and it's everything's blurred out so it's not like i'm watching the show for any particular reason but i i I've, I've learned in this show that there is always going to be a dominant survivalists and some of them exert their weight, not no pun intended. It's really, they're, they're just trying to show how much they know about surviving. And then others do know how to survive. They're just kind of letting that person almost fail. And what you're saying, what you're saying is, is that you're not necessarily letting them fail. It's probably best, just like you said, to say, Hey, that is great. (laughs) how much stuff do you actually know
1: there's so
0: much (laughs) there's so much going on up there we might have to tap into your brain but a little later (laughs) yeah a little later (laughs) so great points on the on the know it all all right Right. so i've been trying to work this in and do a podcast for at least the last year and a half obviously with the pandemic since we picked up a podcast right um Anyway, one of my favorite all-time characters in any of the movies that I watch, and this is not a Star Wars pun, this is actually a military pun, Oh wow! Um, is mo- the movie Full Metal Jacket. And one of my favorite characters there is the Joker. So how do you handle the Joker in class?
1: All right. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. And just from my memory of the movie uh, and who that person is and some of the things, some of his antics... Um, to a point, Tim, this person could be an ally, right? Um, mm-hmm. a, a little levity goes a long way. So you could play off of him or her if they're in your classroom and, and they're the, the joker, if you will. Uh, I think you're going to get even more out of the class clown who's being disruptive, though.
0: Right. I know that's a tough one to balance. I, levity, I, you can go back to the podcast humor and safety, but Levity to me is a great way to get people engaged, and if they're smiling, sometimes these kind of classes can become contagious. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, Keith, I mean, you like to have fun, I know it. I've seen you speak, I've seen you present before. And when you get the good responses, the laughter, even sometimes the belly laughter, or even a nod, a head nod,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. they understand that that levity goes a long way, but you've got to balance it out. So, to your point, right. um, make sure you balance that out and try to have fun. For the sake of safety, but not in spite of safety.
1: Right, right. And and also remember, Tim, sometimes people make jokes because they're not sure of their answers and how they interpret the material. And so that's their their, you know, their, their mechanism to help them to not be embarrassed. Right. Being mm-hmm. funny allows them to not be embarrassed. And like with all these examples that that you've offered so far, the main goal from you as a facilitator is to maintain control of the class. Um, Letting employees have a little bit of fun. That's okay. But eventually you may have to step in, reassume control and keep the class moving the way that it's supposed to.
0: That's right. As a facilitator, you got to assume control. Um, And I've had classes get out of control where I felt like, Oh, what do I got to do to pull them back in? I got to rein them back in. So balancing it out first, And then making sure you maintain control throughout the duration. Nice one. All right. So we've got the joker out of the way. How about a tricky one? The questioner.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, But uh, I have to qualify this because before you act, right, you first of all have to determine why they're asking so many questions. And this is where we get a lot of help from the, the on-site trainers, the people who've been through the uh, trainer certifications. They have the home field advantage, so they can give us some insight that maybe we wouldn't have. I mean, keep in mind, we're only there for a short period. Some of those people who are the internal trainers, they're going to have some history. They're going to know kind of where these people are coming from, and that kind of shines over us in that regard. Um, so you have to ask yourself, is the questioner coming from a position of truly seeking information because if they are, that that's good, and we want the, we don't want to cut them off at the knees, but we want to guide them, right? Or is it that they're just being the disruptor, right? Going back to mm-hmm. who that person is, uh, and as I mentioned before, some people have to hear themselves talk in order to learn, right? And by asking some some well intentioned questions, they may this may help them out tremendously, um, and if if that's what they're doing and the questions are good questions. I mean, I don't have a problem with that, especially if we can get the other members of the class to start to engage as well, right? So let them ask some questions. Again, just remember we have a certain period of time, so we have to maintain a level of control. Uh, If they're asking questions simply to be disruptive, okay, all right, and and I've seen this before. You, You may have to say something like, hey, you know what, Joe, great question, but we gotta stay on track, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, can we talk about this during a break, or going back to that that meeting after the meeting? You know, having them uh, suggest that. And typically, if they're being the disruptor re- disrupter Tim, the last thing they want to do is go to a meeting after the meeting, so they will probably. See. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of how you got to handle those people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a meeting after the meeting. Hey, I'm <laughs> scheduling a meeting after this meeting, so right. you got right. to yourself. <laughs> oh, that was well, well put. I like that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I all, I, thank you, Keith. I really appreciate the, uh, the comments on the questioner. I was going to say, why don't we put the questioner and the note all together? Maybe we can get some information. Oh, <laughs> 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 good. No, um, those are all great points. I do want to bring up and I just kind of recap some of the things you said here, going back to feel felt found. Um, good a triple F combination there because Mm -hmm. if it feels like they're disrupting intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I I guess we can help our listeners here, timing, tone and transfer. Um, We have a conversation in our old EAUs about how we deliver information. And from a communication perspective, if you have the sense in their timing and tone Mm -hmm. that they're providing their feedback through questions and it's got a disruptive tone to it, you can, you can sense that, right. um, going back all the way to the beginning, don't take it personal and then you facilitate, just be a facilitator. Right. So great, great questions do indeed actually get folks to start to think. And if that intention is there. You can hear it in the tone and the, the delivery, right. but when they transfer that question out loud, people start to think about it. And then the answers come and again, don't be afraid to say, you know what? I don't know the answer to your question. Let me get back to you on that one. That's mm-hmm. okay You can see how this stuff's coming back full circle. So is there anything else that comes to mind when encountering any of these folks that we've talked about? Um, hmm.
1: Tim, I I would certainly recommend that as you are encountering these these people, first thing you got to do is slow down, right? You got to pick and choose your battles. Not everything should be a World War III kind of scenario with these people. Um, Mm -hmm. You got to understand that. Um, as far as giving more details about feel, felt, found, I can certainly dig into that because some some of the listeners may wonder, well, what does he mean by that? Feel, felt, found, and and it's simple. Um, someone gives you a statement, and your response. I can certainly understand how you feel. As a matter of fact, when I was first introduced, I felt the same way. But at what I found as I've dug into this a little deeper is that it can be helpful to not just me but the people that mean the most important, the people that are most important to me. Right. So uh, that's one way of looking at that. Um, But man, I think we've kind of covered everything that, that I I feel uh, in my mind that I can handle covering.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Keith, I feel when you talk about all these roles, I find that you have some great information. (laughs) Well, Keith, it's been fun. I, I need to thank you and Liana, hashtag LOL. <laughs> um, uh, seriously, on behalf of the entire Safe Talk with Safe Star team and our listeners, we're sh- we want to thank you for sharing not some of your wisdom, but all of your wisdom. Um, do me a favor. Would you uh, share your email address in case our
1: listeners need to get a hold of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Tim, uh, my email is... Pretty simple. It's keith.a, like attitude, at safestart.com. Again, keith.a at safestart.com. And and Tim, I I truly appreciate the fact that you would invite me. It's always a pleasure to to catch up with my brother. So very nice.
0: Uh, Man, I I appreciate you too. Uh, Well, kids, you know what time it is when the music fades up. I want to thank each of you for spending some of your time with Keith and I today. Please share this podcast and do me a favor. Don't forget to check out our Human Factors Conference coming up in February, sunny Kissimmee, Florida. (laughs) I said that on purpose. Kissimmee, Orlando, Orlando, whatever way you want to put it. But it's going to be in Florida in February, and I can't think of a better place to be. So until next time, I'm Tim Page-Botter. And for Safe Talk with Safe Start, we'll see you down the road.